I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words. In this preview, we'll be sharing a clip from tomorrow's interview with Lieutenant Colonel Terrence Odway, DSO. If you'd like to see more previews like this, please let us know at kharbaugh at evergreenpodcasts.com. I'd arranged for a bugle to be blown. We lay down outside the wire. We went, went very, very quietly, took up position ready to assault over and through the wire. We were going to blow two gaps instead of the original four because of the shortage of explosive tubes banging all torpedoes. As soon as they went up, we were to go through those gaps and over the inside wire. We couldn't, uh, uh, hadn't got enough to blow the inside wire, I thought, but actually we did blow some gaps in the inside wire. So the assault troops went through first. The support platoon or company, we'll stick to the original name, support company followed. I was in the gap. I went up with the leading troops and I stood in the gap while the others passed me. Uh, I was criticized for that because as a commander, I, people said I should have been at the head, to which I replied, well, what the hell use would I have been if I'd been dead as a, as a commander? I was directing there. And I was... Uh, I was actually hit. Um, not uh, my equipment was hit, not me. I got one through the my haversack and one through a side haversack, and a bullet right through it went through the back of my uniform. So I was lucky. And uh, the troops then spread out, went round to the seaward side, while one party went to the entrance, which was on the landward side, throwing grenades in there with the doors which were shut or kicked them open and whatnot. The other party went round to the open side where the the guns were firing towards the sea and attacked in there with stand guns. So uh, the Germans that were there were killed or wounded, but a great number of them were actually down below. Have you been been there? Well, you notice there a, a chamber underneath uh, each gun, and they were down there. And so those were the ones who were left who came out with their hands up. Well, we took the beach blocks out and threw them away, right out into the, into the fields. You can't fire a gun without a beach block. Uh, yes, there were spares, obviously, somewhere, but they would have had to rattle around. And uh, this is what we planned to do on the basis that by the time they had found any new beach blocks where they'd put them, the main wave of seaborne troops would have got in. Because don't forget, my orders were not to destroy the gun, it was to neutralise them. That word has been consistently overlooked. And if you can neutralise the gun and stop them firing, you've done your job, even if you don't have explosives to, to blow the things up. Uh, we did, as I said, put grenades down them, so therefore, that would cause a bit of a trouble because they'd have had to get all the metal splinters and everything out of the guns before they could put any shells in. So that's what we did. That's all we could do because we didn't have, as you know, the explosives and so on. With those four guns going flat out, it probably would have cancelled out the left flank of the British landing, which would have meant that the Germans could have withdrawn the troops from that part of the coast, put them further down, even in front of the American parts of them. Uh, and so it could well have been 
yes, disastrous from that part. It could have meant that the Germans could have grabbed uh, Pegasus Bridge and could have come in on the left flank. And after that, who knows what would have happened. Instead of the Allies all the way along landing and pushing in. I think, think uh, I don't think that's exaggerating. Once of that part of it was done, I sent the success signal up, which was a green, red, green, I forget, very light. And an RAF aircraft went over and wagged its wings like that, uh, which was this uh, acknowledgement signal. My signal officer then produced a pigeon out of his uh, inside pocket and wrote out a message. And that went back to Whitehall, London, actually, <laughs> landed in Whitehall. Uh, so that was a success signal. I then had to regroup with what little lot I had and go on to the next objective because they'd given me an awful lot to do. I was supposed to attack Omfaville. I was supposed to attack another post up near the coast. But I had, what did I have left? Uh, about 50-odd men, I think. They didn't put up any real resistance at all. Yes, of course, we, I lost men, but uh, I lost a lot of men. But those, they were the machine gunners who could, who could, had the opportunity to calculate that, yes, that those British had, couldn't get to me, I'm a machine gunner. But the ordinary infantry, they put their hands up straight away. We took, I think, 23 prisoners out of the 150 of the garrison, and the rest were killed or wounded. I've got a, a brochure, which little thing which I got from Steiner, who, as I, as I said, was away. But he is on record of saying that when he got back to the battery, he only had 12 unwounded men who were capable of firing guns out of the 150. So uh, that gives you the scale of our success, basically. That was Lieutenant Colonel Terence Otway, DSL. Make sure to catch our full interview with Otway when it releases tomorrow. Hey, podcast listeners, I'm Paul Brandis introducing my podcast, Countdown to Dallas. It's a fascinating, in-depth look at the seemingly unconnected events that led to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. It's based on my book of the same title. In that book and in this podcast, I go all the way back to 1939, when Lee Harvey Oswald was born into a troubled and dysfunctional family. I'll follow his transient and often violent teenage years and young adulthood, painting a fuller picture of the man who would later become Kennedy's killer. I also take a look at events unfolding in that era, like Cuba and Vietnam, and I'll unpack the conspiracy theories, too, not one of which has ever been conclusively proven. Subscribe to Countdown to Dallas at evergreenpodcasts.com or your favorite listening app, October 31st.